Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Wiley, the sports editor at the Gazette in Colorado Springs. I'm joined today by Brent Brigham, our Air Force sports beat writer. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit college sports, a little bit pandemic, uh, anything that comes up on this. We're trying to offer you something that's not just constantly virus coverage. So let's just dive right in. Brent, what's going on at the Academy? Uh, it's kind of hard to tell from afar, <laughs> there's, but there's a lot going on out there. I mean, obviously, the, the biggest thing for our purposes is the basketball coaching search um, that's been going on for three weeks now. But but beyond that, and not to get too much into the coronavirus, but that, that's kind of become the hot button on social media lately because the senior class uh, you know, stayed behind while everybody else went home. And now there's been five confirmed coronavirus cases at the academy, two, two within the cadets, but five total on the population out there. And I, there were two suicides this weekend. So away from sports, there's been so much going on. But obviously, obviously in the sports world, you know, there's no spring sports. Those have been wiped out. And even if the NCAA tomorrow does grant extra years of eligibility for the, for the spring sports seniors who didn't, didn't get to play this year, it's highly unlikely that's going to impact Air Force at all because that, you know, those athletes will have graduated and be on active duty. So away from basketball, a whole lot going on. And within basketball, it's, it's really hard to get a beat on what's going on because this is just so unique that this coaching search is going on during a pandemic where, as far as we know, the athletic director, Nathan Pine, has not been traveling. So he's been conducting this from afar. And, you know, we, the two names we keep hearing are Malcolm Jenkins, uh, an assistant coach at Richmond who played at Air Force, graduated in 2004, and then Joe Scott, who was the Air Force coach in 2004 and uh, led them to the NCAA tournament. So, so many, so many bizarre things going on in the academy. But, but again, for our purposes, the interesting part is that coaching search. So what do you think about the timing of this? It, it seems like when Rick Pitino was hired, you know, at Iona, right when this pandemic started, it seemed to kind of be under the radar and people were focused on what they should be. What's important in society is everyone's health. But then it seemed like people, once NFL free agency started again, once other coaches were named, uh, people started wanting their sports again and people were really diving in on even any news. So have you found that the fan base has been reaching out to you more often, less often about the same, but people want that news and want those coaching updates to take their mind off of what's going on in society? There's, there's definitely been some restless voices I keep hearing from who want to know what's going on. And obviously we would love to be able to share that, but it's just Air Force has shut it down, shut down any information. But I do think, I think because you have such a captive audience right now, when Air Force is ready to make a move, there's going to be so many people ready to gobble that up just because there's so little new coming at them in, in something that interests them. You know, obviously all of us have to keep an eye on the pandemic news and, and the new regulations that keep coming out. But in terms of just the entertainment value of sports, that's been taken away from us. So I think anything that is related to that, people, people just want it right now. But, you know, Air Force has taken three weeks so far. And I know there's some concern on Air Force's part, just some of the people I've talked to close to the program who, you know, they've seen two players already jump into the transfer portal. And that's not altogether unique. One of those was... And, and who are those two players? So one of them was Nick Renee. He's a, he's a backup. He didn't play this past year. So a player like him, that's not uncommon at all. Air Force usually has somewhere between eight and ten players that come in in each class. And they usually graduate with about four to four to five that are still active, if that, on the basketball team. So there's always some attrition that happens with guys who don't play. And 
and sometimes guys who do, but the big story is A.J. Walker. He's a sophomore point guard who's been a two-year starter. He went off to the Mountain West Tournament, averaged about 20 points a game out there. And, you know, he, he was kind of the rock they had to lean on coming back. You know, he was a ball, ball handler and just, uh, you know, a veteran. And now he's in the transfer portal, and if he does leave, I mean, that's, that's a huge bite out of, out of the returning talent. And I think there's some restlessness from those who are close to the program who just want this hire done so that they can start to keep these guys. And there's nobody else like Walker to, to try to keep because the juniors, juniors can't leave. They're locked in. So it's just that sophomore and freshman class. But if they lose some of those talented freshmen, then you're really talking about a talent deficit. So, And, you know, just being at the academy in general, especially during these times, it's always hard to stay. Every player I've talked to encountered some time during their career where they were teetering on whether or not they wanted to keep going just because the workload, the military aspect, everything about it is so tough. And I think that that's magnified right now because these guys are back at home kind of reliving what it's like to, to be at home and to not have to do everything you have to do all the time at the academy. And so I think the thought for them of coming back to this during the summer or during the fall or whenever it ends up happening, I think that, that gets a little bit tougher, you know, when you're, when you're suddenly leaving a comfort zone to go back into that. So I think they need to get a hire in place, an exciting hire who can, you know, keep these guys bound together as a team and then move forward. So I think that's what a lot of the fans want to see is just, some closure to this so they can start to move forward. So do you think Walker entering the transfer portal was based on the academy life, based on wins and losses, based on the coaching change? Do you have any indication of, of why or if he was unhappy at the academy during the season? I mean, my, my assumption based on limited information is the coaching change. Just because I did talk to AJ after that last game. He said he's 100% in. He also said he 100% supported Dave Filipovich. So since then, the only thing that changed, because he, you know, he entered right at the beginning of this pandemic situation, the only variable that had changed was Filipovich was fired. So, you know, but again, we've seen that from some sophomores like him. You know, uh, Trey Coggins a couple years ago was a sophomore guard who had a really strong season, and I think you start. It's just natural tendency once you've kind of shown what you can do and some other opportunities present themselves. It's essentially like being recruited all over again, even when you haven't entered the transfer portal and you know suddenly you have options that will be available to you that weren't available maybe when you're in high school and when you're a guy who's proven you can do it at that level that becomes pretty appealing so you know without knowing the details of his situation other than I mean his dad was a career army guy um, so there is certainly a military connection in that family my assumption is that a the coach left and so the, the familiarity he had with that was taken away but also he had proven he could be a pretty good basketball player. And there's got to be that just natural tendency to want to show that you can do that on a bigger stage. So now I don't want to focus too much on the past, but talk a little bit about uh, coach Pilipovich and him leaving and then actually sitting down with you after he was let go doing the Q and a for the Gazette. Um, just talk about your relationship with him and the way he was respected around the Academy. Yeah. I mean, you'd have a hard time finding anybody who doesn't, have a positive thing to say about him as a man. I mean, he's just, he's genuine all the time. You know, he was the same wins and losses. I mean, he obviously got frustrated and upset, but he never took it out on anybody who was covering him or anybody around him other than maybe the players. We could certainly hear that the volume was turned up in the locker room after losses, but you know, it was, it's a tough situation. You know, I certainly fell on that line of not knowing which way Air Force would go or should go. 
because he did, you know, he came in and he came in as an interim coach and they right away beat San Diego State, which is a ranked team. And I think that kind of gave him a leg up into getting the job in the first place. And then that first season, they had a senior laden team with Todd Fletcher and Michael Lyons, a really good team, had a winning record, probably should have gotten into the NIT, uh, probably didn't get in because Michael Lyons got hurt in the Mountain West tournament. So, I mean, you know, a really strong foundation for his first year. Since then, it's kind of been a struggle to get back to that point. You know, every year there was always one stretch in the season where it looks like they would put something together, but they would always fall under 500. They had, I think, seven consecutive seasons failing to reach 500. And ultimately, Nathan Pine, the athletic director, this was his first full year. And he finally said, you know, that's that's not the standard we want. He said, bottom line is you got to win more games. But where I come in on the fence is that you look at Air Force's full history in basketball, particularly since it's been in a conference, which is about 40 years, they have never been that consistently 500 team. They had that one stretch led by Joe Scott, who's a candidate to return, where they they won a Mountain West title in 04, went to the NCAA tournament, and had about four or five really good years. Twice they went to the tournament, once they went to the NIT Final Four. And that was kind of the heyday. And during that time, Coon Arena was packed. It was a hopping place. It was really a fun program, and then it sunk back to those previous levels. That 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 term is the outlier. Since then, I mean, Pilipovich's time has really been about as good as Air Force has ever had. They were winning roughly six games per year in the Mountain West, which, I mean, you're taking cadets and you're beating, you know, a San Diego State, UNLV almost every year at home, uh, Boise State, teams like that, where I think the danger is if you don't make the right hire here, it's going to be hard to get back to that level to where suddenly it feels like an upset when Wyoming beats you at home or when you can't knock off Sandy or San Jose state. I think that it's, it's not an easy job because you've got to know the recruiting territory. You've got to know the kind of kids you're recruiting because if you do mess up there and you have an AJ Walker or Trey Coggins, someone like that who leaves you, you can't just patch that with a transfer like all of your competitors can. You've got to start over with a high school junior or senior, get them to come in, sometimes come in through the prep school, and then learn the system. So it's it's really a long game recruiting. And so I think anytime you're going to make a coaching change, you better be targeting the right guy because if you, you mess that up, suddenly you're in a hole that you're just not going to recover from. So a lot went into the decision to fire him because you've got to start all that over. So that's why I, I, I was certainly on the fence if I thought this was the right move for Air Force, but Certainly there was a large segment of the population that just felt like it was time. You know, that that, re- that regime had had about eight years and, and wasn't turning that corner. I'm just wondering if there is a corner to be turned because, you know, college basketball is a different landscape now than it was in 04. There's, you know, so many mid-majors who, when you look at Paul Klee's final AP, AP ballot, I think there was uh, Creighton, Dayton, uh, Gonzaga, San Diego State, all in the top six. Those are non-Power 5 teams in the top six. So those are your peers if you're at the Air Force Academy. So the, you're, you're always going to be looking up at some of these teams, and it's always going to be a battle. So it's it's a really hard situation to find the right guy. Well, you, you mentioned uh, Joe Scott. You also mentioned hiring the right guy. Do you get the sense, because we've received letters at the Gazette, um, from some of the fan base who feel Joe Scott is 100% the right guy. Uh, Paul Klee in his column recently um, even said that the, the consensus thought around college basketball is that Joe Scott will be the higher. Do you get that sense from fans as well? You know, I, 
I do get the sense that he's the front runner. What I've heard, though, is Mal- Malcolm Jenkins has had a huge swell of support from the people I've heard from. So, And I, I also saw that letter from, to Paul Cleese. So obviously it's not unanimous one way or the other. But Malcolm Jenkins is kind of the feel-good story. You know, he was a player who didn't play a ton, graduated in 04, received the, I think it was called the Falcon Award for hustle and, you know, being kind of that team guy. And, you know, he's gone on, he's served on active duty, and now he's kind of paid his dues as an assistant under Chris Mooney, who was also an Air Force coach. So he seems kind of poised to take over. You know, he's right at that right age where you want to get that first coaching job. He's, he's done it as an assistant. He's had some success. Richmond had a very good year this season. But then on the other hand, you got Joe Scott, who, who was done it at Air Force. And then, you know, he left Air Force to go back to his alma mater at Princeton. He has since been at Denver, Holy Cross. And now he's at Georgia as an assistant. So he's been he's well-traveled, but he's been to a lot of places that, that there would be some carryover to help him at Air Force. So I think the tendency to want Joe Scott is just the stability of knowing it's a guy who's had success at that job. You know, he knows exactly what you need to do to, to win at Air Force. He's done it before. I think the college basketball landscape has changed to where the exact same formula is not going to work. You know, you've got a shorter shot clock to make the motion offense work and, and just some different things with transfer rules and just the, the level of competition in the Mountain West. But at least he's been there and done that, whereas Malcolm Jenkins, you know, we talked about you've got to make the right hire. You want to take a gamble on somebody who's never been in that position, except that he has been a cadet. So he would at least be able to relate on that level. So it, I think these are really two really intriguing options they have if, in fact, the, the choice comes down to those two. We've heard other names. You know, uh, Chris Hollander is an assistant at Missouri. He was uh, he had a connection with Nathan Pine when they were he was an assistant at Army while Nathan Pine was in the, the athletic department there. And there was a kind of an unnamed NBA assistant who has apparently been floated as an option. But I again, everything I've heard comes back to Jenkins and and Joe Scott. And I know this question is going to be difficult to answer because you can't go out to the academy. You can't see people face to face. But do you have a timeline of when this hire is going to be made? Is it going to be sooner rather than later? Do you think it's going to be two weeks from now, 10 days, any time of timeline? I'm stunned it hasn't happened yet. Uh, I think three weeks has been a really long delay uh, just because, like we said, you know, there's guys who could leave the program. You kind of need to get that person in there, even though they're not going to be able to hold practices or really do any face-to-face meetings except for with the few seniors, the Keaton Van Solans and, you know, Chris Joyce, who are still there. I just think you need to get that hire in there to make sure you've got a place for those freshmen and sophomores to go and seek counsel and, and to get updates and just kind of build a new culture. So I am surprised it hasn't happened yet. I haven't been given a sense of a timeline because again, Nathan Pine has just completely shut down any sort of uh, information he's been giving. And yeah, I mean, the fact that nobody's in the halls, I mean, everybody's working from home and it's not like information's leaking out because he's not giving it to anybody. So I really don't know what to say on a timeline other than I would look for it any day just because I'm very surprised they've let it go three weeks already. All right. Well, speaking of three weeks, we've been uh, social distancing and and haven't been in the office about three weeks. Uh, We continue to put out a sports section. If you've listened this far in, we appreciate your time. Again, I'm Matt Wiley. I'm the sports editor at the Gazette. You can follow me on Twitter at MWCoyote. And go ahead, Brent, and then you can close us up. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, (laughs) keep reading us. You know, obviously we're branching out a little bit, writing about a lot of the Olympic developments because, you know, this is Olympic City, USA. And uh, and then there's just different 
different things that keep popping up around town that you just in this unprecedented time. So keep reading us. I'm at Brent Bergman uh, at Twitter and then yeah, online and in print at the Gazette. So yeah, keep reading. Let us know what you want to read. This is a unique time to be a sports journalist. You know, we don't have the live games to cover. So we're, we're always looking for different stories to tell in the community. So don't, don't hesitate to reach out to us. And then stay safe, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll have another one of these for you really soon. Thanks. Bye.